We continue our uh, creation of a summer scripture mixtape this morning, a collection of the congregation's favorite passages. And give thanks to Daniel Easton who suggested this morning's psalm. Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I'll ask you the same question I asked the kids this morning. When you get ready for a trip, what goes on your packing list? What are the things that you cannot live without? It's summer. I know from everyone's comings and goings that lots of folks are planning for trips or coming back from vacations or enjoying a weekend with family here or there. And before you go on a trip, no matter the length, you have to go through the chore of packing. And I will admit that I have a sort of obsessive need to pack for every contingency. One of those, what if, what if somebody gets a cut or gets sick or gets a hangnail? Do we have enough sunscreen and bug spray and snacks and water and band-aids and Advil and extra underwear? Jack will want his favorite milk cup for bedtime. We might need a nightlight. We pack for a long weekend like you're packing for a month. And there's value in being prepared. I was raised by a father who lived by the, that Boy Scout mantra, be prepared, and he wouldn't let me go on a trip, let alone get my driver's license, without knowing how to change a tire and check the oil and fill the washer fluid. He was determined to raise a self-sufficient adult. And so this obsessive need to be prepared for a trip across town or across the country is sort of in my bones. But it also comes from this sense, this narrative in our society, that we are fully responsible for our own well-being. We live by that mantra, if it is to be, it's up to me. And don't get me wrong, I am fully in favor of responsibility. But if we push that narrative just a little too far, we can come to believe that we are the ones who determine our own destiny, that we are responsible for our own safe passage from point A to point B. Which means then that if trouble or hardship comes our way, then it must be because we weren't prepared well. But the truth is, that we can't control every aspect of what life throws our way. We cannot control whether the flight will be delayed or a hurricane will ruin the beach vacation any more than you can control if a family member gets sick or you lose your job. As much as we pack things for every contingency, the psalmist today reminds us that our packing list is not complete without God. The psalmist calls us to look up from our own attempts at self-sufficiency, to cast our eyes up to the hills when trouble comes our way, and to ask an even more fundamental question, from where 
does our help come? And for the psalmist, the answer is very clear. It's not from anything that you packed in your bag. It's not even from the hills upon which you gaze or the ground beneath your feet. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The psalmist calls us to place our trust in the God who created everything around us and all those things we put in our bag. The psalmist calls us to remember, first and foremost, the one who shows us the way. Today's psalm is sometimes called a psalm of ascent. It's in this section of the psalms that focus on journeys, often in this case a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, typically for a Jewish festival. And Jerusalem was up on a hill, so there was literally a journey upward that was required to get there. You could cast your gaze to the hills and both think about the joy of your destination, but also the challenging road ahead that for them was often full of thieves and hairpin turns and unexpected dangers along the way. So this is a psalm that was designed to take with you on the road, whether it's a holy journey or a trip across town. Late one night in the 1980s, there were two British climbers who had camped out for the night in the sub-zero cold atop Africa's second highest peak. And they were preparing to sleep before their descent down, and they were suddenly startled by the appearance of a lone, barefoot African man. And when he greeted them, he told them that he had come to pray. The climbers were interviewed by the rangers, and they said, at first it scared the hell out of us. Nobody climbs the mountains at night. We had just spent a whole day, they said, climbing the normal routes, route with ropes and ice axes and crampons, and then this nice old man appears out of nowhere barefoot at night. They asked the man what he had packed for his climb. They were trying to make sure that he had sufficient supplies to get back down. And he said, oh, I've got my leather bag. I've got uh, a big Bible, a thin blanket, a piece of rope, a little bit of food, a kitchen knife, you know, to cut holes in the ice, and a thin jacket. Turns out that Ephraim Mikiera was a Kenyan mountaineer and an elder in the Pentecostal Church of East Africa. And he stayed on Mount Kenya's 17,022-foot Nellian summit for four days praying. But that team that he had met had gone back down the mountain, and a rescue team was mobilized because they were convinced that no one could solo climb these ice-covered pitches and vertical overhangs back down. And several days later, when the rescue team finally spotted Mikiera descending, the rangers called out to him, Brother, can we show you the way? And he called back across the mountain to them, Was it you who showed me the way here? Before disappearing into the mist and making his way safely down all on his own. But Mikiera was a man of faith. And he knew where his help came from. 
He trusted in God's provision and care for his journey as he affixed his eyes not just to the hills, but to the top of the mountain. He was an experienced mountaineer, and so he packed what he thought he needed. And then he trusted that the God of all creation would not let his foot slip and would protect him along the way. Was it you who showed me the way, he said? My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's a beautiful story, right? But most of us aren't about to climb Mount Kenya, certainly not barefoot at night. And at the same time, many of us are facing challenging journeys, ones for which we seem underpacked and unprepared. The journey the psalmist speaks of isn't just a journey up the mountain. Maybe you're preparing not for a physical journey, but you have been thrust into a different kind of journey, one through grief, through treatment for unexpected illness, through parenting, through caregiving for an aging patient. We might find ourselves asking that same question from where does my help come after a job loss or when the future feels uncertain? We ask, from where does my help come when doubt creeps in or when it feels like the evils of the world are too powerful a force to overcome? And yet, God's provision doesn't mean that we get to skip straight to the destination and avoid the road before us, no matter what twists or turns come. Instead, the psalm is a prayer that prepares us for a journey ahead. And reminds us, just like Mickiera knew, the ultimate source of our provision and help. What's amazing about Psalm 121 to me is that it's actually this beautiful conversation. The opening lines come from the one who is going on the journey. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Mikiera believed that with his whole heart as he climbed the mountain. But sometimes, sometimes we need this sense of reassurance. We need someone to remind us of the source of our help and our strength. And that's where the rest of the psalm comes in. Because in verse 3, it is as if a chorus of fellow travelers lines up to send you off on your trip to send you off with a blessing. It's as if the whole community shows up with a reminder of where to look and where to turn when you need help. You can almost imagine someone with that backpack ready to go and the community creating like a send-off line down the center aisle offering blessings. And as you go, you give each person a high five and someone says, God is the one who will help your foot from slipping. God is your keeper, the shade at your right hand. God is so committed that God doesn't go to sleep. God will protect you from sunlight and moonlight and all evil. Before you set forth, you are literally showered in this psalm with God's promise of protection and provision. Like you're setting off on the trip and every five high five says, God's got you, God's got you, God's got you. 
A number of years ago, I was leading a trip with some 40 students to Haiti on a mission trip. Everyone had packed their carry-on. The, the trip was one by choice, but it was a chance to go and meet Christians in another part of the world and to meet God there as well, and the trip was not without risk. There had been a recent coup just a few months before. Violence in the streets was not uncommon. And although it was two years after their major earthquake, the roads were still not yet prepared, and the van that we were taking once we landed was not in great shape. Needless to say, here I am with 40 college students. I fielded more than a few phone calls from nervous parents. But we felt called to make this pilgrimage, much like those praying this psalm did as they prepared to go to Jerusalem. And I had given the students a packing list of all the essentials, including vaccinations and malaria medication. We had spent time preparing for the trip with reading and cultural education and a little bit of Creole. But what we really needed in those final days was the assurance that when we went to this new place, God's provision and protection and presence would be with us. We needed the blessing from the community like the psalm offers, a reminder that God will keep us on our going out and our coming home. So to make that more tangible, the other campus ministers and I had contacted parents and other students in the ministry, those who weren't making the trip. We'd called members of supporting churches and everyone who had contributed to the financial support of the trip. And we set up a prayer schedule to cover literally every hour of the 24-hour day for the eight days that we were gone. We had students who were traveling abroad in other parts of the world take the 2 a.m. shift. We had folks from all over the country praying for us. There was not a point at which someone was not calling upon God the Creator to protect our team. And when you do that, the thing is, we, we felt those prayers. We felt them from the very beginning of the trip. We were flying in and we were descending and suddenly our plane started to take back off and we learned that a cow had wandered onto the runway. Before we even got there, we needed God's protection. We felt their blessing when we were winding up the narrow mountain roads to an orphanage where we would serve. We felt those prayers when a member of our group got sick. We felt them when we were playing soccer with kids from a local school. We felt them when we laid down on the roof of the mission center at night to rest. The blessing we received from all those friends and family was the reminder that when we needed help in ways big and small, God had a hold of us. Those few sheets of paper that reflected our prayer schedule didn't add much to the weight of our bag, but it was among the most important things we packed. Those prayers were the psalmist's reminders from where our help comes, that our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
In the same way, it is not uncommon for Jewish families to take this very same psalm with them on their travels. There are stories of sewing Psalm 121 into the side of a baby carriage every time you take your child for a walk. Or stories of tucking a copy of this psalm into your suitcase when you go for a trip. They pack this psalm as a steady reminder of where our help comes from. So here's my question for you this summer. As you pack for your travels, will you take God with you? I don't know where any of your journeys are going to take you. Most of us aren't climbing Mount Kenya. Most of us aren't going on a mission trip to Haiti, but all of us are on a journey somewhere. Some of us are headed on exotic vacations. Some of us are just celebrating the fact that we made it to church this morning. For some, the big outing is making it across town to see a friend. For some, it's a journey of the heart or a difficult road to be walked in the coming months. So no matter where your journey takes you, will you bring God with you? As you leave today, you'll have the chance to take a reminder of today's psalm with you, those first couple of verses. And maybe you'll use it as a bookmark in the book you take on a plane when you travel. Or maybe you'll tuck it inside your suitcase. Or in your sock when you go out for a walk. Maybe you'll put it in your kid's lunchbox when they go to vacation Bible school. Or you'll slide it into their bag on their first day of sleepaway camp. Or maybe you'll just leave it on the dash of your car this summer as the visual reminder of God's protection on every trip you go across town. Wherever the road takes you, I hope you'll take this psalm of promise with you as a reminder that no matter where you go, be it height nor depth, be it far nor near, be it a journey that's physical or one of the heart, God's got you, God's got you, God's got you. Amen.